praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. Are you fine? Please turn your Bible with me to Genesis in chapter 2. That's where we're beginning tonight as we continue with a serious teaching series. A message that the Lord is giving us entitled, Clothed from on high. Genesis in chapter 2. I'm reading from verse 18 of Genesis chapter 2. And we'll begin from there tonight. Genesis 2 and verse 18. And Jehovah God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I'll make him a help meet for him. And out of the ground, Jehovah God formed every beast of the field, every bird of the heavens, and brought them unto the man to see what he would call them. And whatsoever the man called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And the man gave names to all cattle, to the birds of the heavens, and to every beast of the field. But for man there was not found a help meet for him. And Jehovah God caused deep sleep to fall upon the man, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which Jehovah God had taken from the man, made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And the man said, This is now bone of my bones, and flesh of my flesh shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. From the very beginning, we were created physically naked, but spiritually clothed. We were created physically naked, but spiritually clothed. Man did not have clothing like we put on clothes today, physically. But because he was spiritually clothed, he did not therefore have need for physical clothing. I want you also to understand that man had only himself in the earth, in God's presence. And so had no one to cause him to feel naked or feel ashamed. It was just him and his creator and his maker. And he never at one time felt naked before the one who created him that way. Now, have you ever noticed how a little child can run naked in a room full of strangers without embarrassment? Usually before they are two years or so, they can run across the sitting room. They can run down the aisle in church. They can just be in public. And they are completely naked. And they don't get embarrassed. You see, that little baby is not aware of his nakedness. Just like Adam in his days of innocence before sinning, he was not aware that he was naked. He was never embarrassed. Why? He was innocent. It was before sinning. It was before breaking the law, the command of God. And I want you to know that the nakedness that God is having to cover in each of us is the nakedness that came as a result of sin, that is before we got born again, or the nakedness that came out of disobedience after knowing Christ and after being born again. 
So just like that little child will run in a room full of strangers and not feel embarrassed, so was Adam and his wife Eve before they sinned. But after sin, both Adam and Eve experience, began to experience shame. Remember we have just read a verse that says they were both naked and not ashamed. But after sinning, they began to experience shame and began to feel awkward. They began to create barriers to cover their nakedness. They were really not covering their nakedness from themselves, really. But they were covering their nakedness from God. The leaves they put on were to cover them really from God. The Bible says that the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. It divides between soul and spirit, bone and marrow. The Bible says, and before that word, nothing is hidden. So they were hiding from God, but really, nothing can be hidden from God. And to the extent that they had their own covering of that leaves they put on themselves, to that extent, they would be without covering. And the safest place to be is to be naked and not ashamed. That means allowing the Lord to clothe us in any area of our lives where we are naked. Because they were initially naked and not ashamed. Later on, they discovered they were naked and moved from the mode of naked and not ashamed and came to the mode of naked and ashamed. So when God came, he began to confront them uh, concerning that. And, I, and, and I'm, I know I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me just follow the note here. Now this shame, the shame they came into, how do we know that they were feeling ashamed? The shame is seen in the way they were not willing to expose their secret thoughts and actions to God. Instead, they swung into the blame game. The man says it's the woman. The woman says it's the serpent. The serpent had no one to blame. They were not willing to expose. Adam was not willing to say, yes, Lord, I took it. The woman was not willing to say, yes, Lord, I partook of this. It's the psalmist who said, had I covered or concealed my sins, then I would have remained in a place of feeling guilty and ashamed and not receiving the healing of God. The bones in me that he broke, if I would conceal my sin, then those bones would remain broken. They were not willing to expose their secret thoughts and their actions. In fact, this led to the breakdown of communication between them and God. The Bible clearly says that they heard the voice of God walking in the garden, and they went hiding. You can see that communication is broken between them and God. And that's why when they heard the voice of God walking in the garden, they went hiding. They went hiding. Um, can we make the room a bit brighter? Is it possible? Is there any more switch we have not turned on? Or is that the best we can? Some of the tubes seems to have blown or something. Is there any others that maybe we could turn on? Thank you, Grace. Thank you, Chris. So, when their innocence was broken, when they got involved in sin, 
when they disobeyed God, their innocence was broken, they began to feel naked and they began to feel ashamed. Now, sin is what removed that spiritual clothing that they had that we want to look at tonight and they felt naked. Genesis in chapter 3, I'm reading Genesis 3 again, verse 1 to 11. The Bible says, Now the serpent was more subtle or cunning than any beast of the field which Jehovah God had made. And he, the serpent, said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of any tree of the garden. God had not said they will not eat of any tree. God had said they will not eat of every tree. The woman said to the serpent, Of the fruit of the tree of the gardens we may eat, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said we shall not eat it, neither shall we touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said to the woman, You shall not surely die. God knows in the day you eat thereof, you shall be, your eyes shall be opened. You shall be as God knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was was a delight to the eyes that the tree was not to be desired to make one wise she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and she gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat let's go back a little bit and look at the answer she gave she said of the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden God hath said, ye shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. In her answer, she forgot a very important phrase. She omits part of truth. The part she leaves is that that tree is called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So Satan maximizes on truth that is omitted. I want you to know this. Any truth that you would compromise or not desire to live up to, it is in the area of that truth which you have watered down or you have ignored or which you have willingly and deliberately decided to ignore. It is in that particular truth. She never said, God said we shall not eat of the tree because it is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. She left that out. It's true God said if you eat of the tree, you will die. But she never said what kind of tree it is. So Satan completes the sentence and warps it. You know what happens? If you will stumble at a certain truth, you want to be a bit blind to it. Okay, what the devil will do is you pick it up and actually not use, show you that truth as something you need to live in in obedience. Or show you how actually that is just like you seem to be a bit ashamed about it, that is your escape route. And he says, that tree you are telling me, God says you shall not eat, is because God knows the day you eat of that tree. You'll be like him because it is the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. This far, they were in their innocence. This far, they had not known both good and evil. They only knew that which is good. God created everything, said it is good on the first day, second day, third day. Even when he created man, he said it is good. And so good had prevailed. Good had prevailed. So they had not known evil and good at the same time. 
They knew to hear God, to obey God, to walk with him. That is called innocence. Just like our children. There's that time when they are innocent. That even if they do something that is not right, they don't know that what they are doing is not right. But the time comes when children do things that they know are not right. In fact, they are doing those things deliberately, knowing that it is not good with an intention. And it begins very early. Sometimes at one and a half years, you can already begin to see this thing that we now call the nature of sin. Sin is a nature. Sin is a nature. Is a nature. Sin is a nature. Verse 7 says, and the eyes of them, okay fine, let, go, let me go back to verse 6. Verse 6 again. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was delight, a delight to the eye and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, did it. And she gave also unto her husband with her and he did it. And the eyes of them both were opened and they knew that they were naked. They were nude, they were bare. They were without clothing. And they sealed fig leaves together and made themselves apron. See, after discovering that they were naked, now they are uh, taking some effort, making some effort to cover themselves. And when they had done that, look at verse 8, and they had the voice of God walking in the garden. They had the voice of God walking in the garden. That word garden there means a protected, hedged, fenced place. Garden means a protected, hedged, guarded place. Protected, hedged, fenced. It's a protected, hedged, fenced place. They, hide the, they heard the voice of God moving or walking in this protected, hedged, fenced place. If the garden, the place where God put them in, was a protected, hedged, and fenced place, the question is, how did the serpent find himself in the place which was protected and was hedged and was fenced. What attracted the serpent is this nature that was in them. See, the enemy will not, act, will not tempt and succeed to tempt anyone unless there's something in our hearts correlating with that and it is called sin. To be tempted is common and is okay. The problem comes in when one is tempted and they fall in the temptation. The book of James in chapter 1 clearly shows what happens when people are tempted and fall. Because you can be tempted and not fall. What really happens when people are tempted and fall? When people are tempted and there is lust for the very thing they are being tempted about in them, then they will fall. If the enemy had tempted you about something, but there is no lust. Lust is inordinate or ungodly desire. If there be no last for that thing, and the enemy is tempting you about that thing, then it is not going to make any sense to you. I, I was watching a, a movie the other day. Uh, this gods must be crazy. And uh, I hope I remember, but I remember seeing something like there were some people, white people with boxes full of money. I think so. And these... I don't know whether the actor is the god must be crazy or I don't know what. But the actor over there is using the money to light fire. Light fire. Notes, dollars. The green money. Because to him, he doesn't know what the dollar is. He is innocent. 
as touching what this man is. So he's using it to light the fire, to wipe his hands and all of that. If you brought dollars to a man who doesn't know the value of money, because he is innocent, there's nothing in him that is tolerating with that temptation. He's, he will not even discover it's a temptation. And oftentimes, it's the last in us. It is the nature of sin. It is the old you that you have not allowed to die that actually attracts the tempter. Or it is the, the, the presence of the old nature that would cause the tempter to linger around for long. But if he came and found this man does not even have an idea what we're doing here, your eyes, so to say, are closed. Your eyes are shut. The scripture says that they are, when they ate, their eyes were open. Which eye is that? It's the eye of the soul. Before this, they had an eye, an eye of the spirit. The eye that saw God. All they saw was God all the time. But when the tempter succeeded to show them that they really need to eat this fruit, they began to lust. Lust is part of the activities of the soul. So the eye of the soul got opened. And immediately the eye of the soul got opened, the eye of the spirit got shut. That's why Paul later on is praying for them in Ephesians chapter 1, that the eye of your understanding, the eye of your spirit may be opened, may be enlightened. Why? Because in Adam, our eye in the spirit got shut. And in Adam, our eye in the soul got open and we began to lust. And we were all born lasting. All of us. All of us. As long as you are a human being, you are a being Adamu, son of Adam. Being Adam means son of Adam. As long as you are a son of Adam, you are born lasting. And you do not have to be taught by anyone. Your mother bought two bananas, one big one, one small one. And you, both of you are fighting, you and your brother were fighting for the bigger banana. That's now human nature. Your mother bought your sister white pair of shoes and bought you black shoes and you are fighting over the white. There is this thing within man because of our being naked, because of our lack of the, cov the covering of God that satisfies you, that fulfills you. That's the default mode within which we can operate and enjoy this life. Operating and living this life in the sight of God. But when the eye got open, of course they discovered that they were naked and you know, to be naked here means lacking covering. But all this time, they never felt that they were lacking covering. That they had no clothes. They had no clothes. In fact, when God came, the voice of God came, and they have already covered themselves with the leaves, they are still feeling naked. Before, in the days of their innocence, without any leaves, they were feeling covered. But after the fall, after the opening of the eye of the soul, then, even with covering, even with the leaves on, the, on themselves, they still felt naked. Now that place, that naked place, is not a good place to be in. It's a place where you keep feeling like you need something external to fulfill you. And that kills the desire for spiritual things that really would fulfill your life. And many people are in that place of lasting. Lasting, and let me tell you, you can last forever and your life will never be fulfilled. Never, 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 never. Because you were not created to be fulfilled by physical things. Even if you ate all the fruit, 
even if you ate all the things, even if you got all the clothes and all the cars and all the land and all the houses, you would still come back feeling naked, feeling like you put on clothes, but you're still feeling cold and naked. And so we have to be clothed from on high. We have to reach out to God and tell him, Lord, cover us. We are feeling naked. We have invited the enemy in the garden, the protected hedge fenced place. And I want you to know that that garden prefigures the life, the new life, the life God intends for us to live. That garden. Actually, the word Eden means delicate, delightful pleasure. It's appointed to life. The life God intended. And so Adam and Eve invited Satan to come into their lives and destroy that life. And that's the very life you and I got from Jesus when we got born again. And many of us, even after getting saved, have invited Satan to the garden. We have invited him. And this is the way we invited him. We began to downplay certain truths in the Bible. We began to compromise. And I'm telling you, if you're not going to stay on the face of the devil that you, it is written, it is written, it is written, I am telling you, you use the same, same Bible and will convince you and before long you are in a very serious problem. Compromise. Compromise leads to nakedness. Compromise leads to nakedness. Any truth you compromise, you've got to become naked in the area of that truth. I like to use the area of money because money applies to all of us. After all, we're going to pay some fuel, I mean some fare, uh, going home this evening. So money applies to all of us. If you would compromise truth about money, giving and working hard and saving and all of that, if you would compromise around that truth, I'm telling you in the area of money, you will forever be naked. Because God covers us by his word. And if you would be ashamed of his word, to that extent then you have no covering, because the covering that had been on them was, or had to do with, as long as they kept obeying God, not touching that fruit, not touching that fruit, not touching that fruit. So obeying the word covered them. When they broke and they lost their innocence, they discovered we have eaten, the fruit is in our stomach, but there's something we have lost. What had they lost? They lost covering. How did they lose covering? By doing what God had told them not to do. In other words, therefore, they were sustained in that place, garden, the hedged up, protected, fenced up place by the speaking of God. And in any area we compromise brothers and sisters, let me tell you, the devil does not play fair. Don't even think he's going to wink at it. Don't even think he will say, oh, ameanguka maramoja tu. Ama amesahau maramoja tu. Ama amekosa kutaithi tu mwezi moja tu. Uyu ni mutu wa kutaithi maramingi, lakini ni mwezi moja, wacha ni wachana na ye. I'm telling you, you know he doesn't play fair. He doesn't play fair. And that's why I would rather that we count God faithful to what he said. And we come and tell him, Lord, I'm frail and weak and able to obey and fulfill your will and tell him, Lord, help me. That's better than, you know, I got a question the other day. I've got two, I got two questions from a pastor coming from members of their church. The first question is, why are we taking Holy Communion every Sunday? Don't you think God will kill us? Hey, we are taking it rather too much. Where? And then the pastor asked him, why, why, why do you say that? 
The communion is supposed to be a blessing, not a curse. He said, no, 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 no. Where I came from, we would spend three months sanctifying ourselves for one, one communion. They were taking communion quarterly. We would spend three months sanctifying ourselves. And by the way, by the end of the three months, we would be clean enough. But this one of every Sunday, if I do anything on Monday, I don't have enough, I don't have three months to sanctify myself before the next one. The pastor told him, and he told him the right thing. He told him, if the one's three months keeps you clean, I think the ones every week keeps you cleaner. And to be cleaner is better than to be unclean. So the pastor now came to ask me, because the man was not convinced, what other answer can I give him? I told him, your man seems to have lost his innocence. He is he must be fearing that he's going, or he already is living in sin. Because if you are innocent, you don't need to worry about taking communion. So I told him, that man needs to repent. Take him aside, talk to him. There must be some secret sin in his life that he needs to deal with. The second question he asked me was, top of the communion, was, or had to do with, Fast food, tithes, and offering. The man says that all this fast food, tithe, offering is of the Old Testament. And hapo alishindwa kujibu. So I told him, you need to find out from this man, that is he ready for the New Testament giving? Because it's a model. The Old Testament is a model and there's a New Testament model. We use the old as a basic minimum. But if you want to do away with that basic minimum, you can do that with the ultimate. Ask, will you, can you ask him whether he's ready for the New Testament giving, which we see from Acts 2? So the pastor wanted to know, what is the model? The model is the New Testament, they give 100%. The, 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 the Macedonians gave 101%. The Bible says they give more than what they are. So it means they gave at least 101 and above. So I'm still waiting for the pastor now to find out from his man whether he really wants the New Testament giving, where you give everything. I'm so sure you'll be so scared. He'll say, well, I better tithe. I would rather tithe. <laughs> you know, when people lose their innocence, they begin to compromise certain truths, and that's our problem. That is what will leave us naked. Any truth that is compromised will expose your nakedness. And the Lord will make sure that that nakedness becomes apparent. You can even hide it I mean, the truth is nobody does anything crazy and then goes to the nation TV and kutangaza pari, atini mefanya. No. But you know what? The voice of God will still walk in the garden. He, mana mungu haku wa mshirika wako mukifanya mamboyo. And God remains truthful. God remains faithful. He is your father. In fact, he exposes you because he wants to salvage you. How do you like if God covered your sin the way you cover your sins? You, you cover because you are human and you are feeling ashamed. But God is not covering as in concealing. God covers as in redemption. And that's why he clothed them. He put on them skin. The understanding is that that's a pointer to us of what the Bible says, that Christ is the Lamb of God that was slain before the laying of the foundation of the earth. So where did God get the skin from? 
There's a lamb that had been slain already and there was a, a, a hide, skin lying around somewhere. And we must understand these things are spiritual. It's not just literal. Because some of you think God ran after a gazelle, a kaishija. There were even no knives. Knives came the other day during the Udivai Gorge. Is it called Udivai Gorge? <laughs> Where they discovered that a stone can become a knife. Yani wewe unafikiri Mungu alichinja mnyama? Na nyama ilienda wapi? Alikula. Anyway, anyway. Brethren, they were tempted because there's a certain truth they had compromised. I'm not saying if you're upright you'll not be tempted, but any area where you compromise. She said God said we can we shall we shall not eat of every tree of we can eat of every tree but of the tree in the middle of the garden we shall not eat. And for God to add, it is called the tree of the knowledge of that's exactly what the devil picked. Told her, by the way, that tree is called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And it is because God know, knows if you eat of the same, that you will be like him knowing good and evil. Don't compromise any truth. I would rather you say that the truth is truth, that, but you are weak. And come to God for help. Amen? And I've just mentioned the case of that brother who is compromising truth about communion. We're not even doing so good. The scripture in Acts 2 says they ate bread every day. They were having communion every day. By the way, tunaweza kufanya hivyo maana sina kuweka na kuna kuwa maombi hapa asubuhi. Utaona watu wengine wakitoka maombi wakiona kila asubuhi umkate. Kwa sababu naogopa sasa nimekula jana. Usiku si nimeota doto baya. But you know what according to scripture when we are approaching the table and I think uh, Danson has reminded us is that's the time to do some introspection. It's a time to again look at your life. So therefore, the more times I, opportunities I have to look at myself, the better. Come on, people. I think so. Or what do you think? Is it once a month, or once three months, or once a year? How many of us were Catholics? Seriously. Philip, you were. Were you a, an altar boy? Seriously. Anybody who was an altar boy? Atakamani were independent. Now listen, the Catholics, the Catholics, Kama uyo, what do you call them? Mutumishi, kwa jina, father. Priest, in the priest. Kama uyo priest, akona shere. Unajeka <laughs> So if the Catholics can receive the communion three times in one day. You know, let me tell you something about the Catholic Church. And this part of their strength. They are very strong in the sacraments. They are very strong in the, um, what do we call them? Ordinances. They are very strong in ordinances. And you know what? Though ordinances are physical things we do that activate a spiritual principle, and I don't judge them, the Catholics, but their 
commitment to the communion, in a sense, keeps, even if they are sinners, they are not sinning seriously. I'm not saying they are saved. No, you can't be born again because of being religious. But seriously, generally speaking, you know I'm surrounded by them. My immediate neighbor in Mojawao, tulikuwa na muktano ya kuongea mambo ya kwetu development, na nikawana mwingine, tunatombea mwingine kamuia busi mama kidogo, niambia mambo ya jumuia, mulisema haji jumuia. According to my understanding, jumuia is like a zone fellowship. Kwele, uyu mweja kusema ambio mambo ya jumuia, ni ule mulevi, mulevi. Unaye mweja kuhulizua, ulevi wake ni nusu. Na seriously wanaongea mambo ya home fellowship. And both of them are drunkards. We had a function the other day, na sasa likuwa ya kushukuru mungu. Na mimi niko pale, tukitengeza budget. Of course, walijua wakueka ati kuna pesa pombe ni takata. Because I wanajua, I don't, kuna miradi ya bae mimi si. Wanajaribu kutumia ruga yote, sijui ni soda ya waze, naelewa. Nambia hiyo soda najua. Kwani kuna soda na soda. Si soda ni soda hii. So wanasema soda number one. Number two soda ya waze. Nambia inaelewa. So walijaribu kuangalia wakaona. How do we now because lazima tunywe. First of all wakasema. Sherehi kuishe mapema. Five o'clock. Wakasema sijioni diyo mzuri tukaekae diyo. Kusema no. Watu ikuishe five. <laughs> Kesho ni jimapiri. Watu kama we wachukaji wanaena kazi ya mungu. Siriku. Kazama no 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 no. Hata ikikwisha 5 tutakaa tupa. No hapana ikikwisha wewe pastor wewe ikikwisha. Just wait go be busy. Then nikakubali program. So now the next thing mtegoni how do they sneak in the money into the budget? Of course ni pesa yao because they also contribute. Wakasema tuweke miscellaneous. The budget was 120,000. Miscellaneous was 40,000. So don't hapo. Misirini ya already it's a quarter of the you know unaelewa vile kulienda. Ikasema no misirini has never been so high. Kasema no no okay tupuguze tupuguze. So wameona nimekubali. Nauliza by the misirini yes. Ni nini tutanua naye? Ah wewe umeuliza ah wewe hapa hapa. Ah wewe unauliza sana. Anyway. But uh, these these guys and uh, you know because of that there's a fear of God instilled in them because of those Uh, ordinances. But when the church, for example, compromises in any area, like I'll take you to the Pentecostal church. Most of us came from the Pentecostal charismatic background. Do you know the Pentecostal charismatic churches really don't have communion very regularly? You don't know that? Like in the one I came from, we were taking communion every six months and the bishop had to come from all the way where And we have to raise money. One year we never even had communion because we couldn't fuel his car. In the six months, we had room for division. And that's why the Pentecostal church kept dividing and dividing and dividing. If we had communion, a simple act, obeying a very simple instruction. If we had communion, I'm telling you, Mr. So-and-so who is about to fight with Mr. So-and-so, when they come to the table, they'll forgive each other. You know how often I am confessing something that I had even forgotten that was not right at the communion table. It is surely like the scripture says, it's a time for us to check our lives so that we don't partake unworthily. But it would compromise in any area, like I said, 
that become the area of being tempted by the enemy. So, so they had the voice of God. That voice, the Hebrew word, literally means lightness. Light. Lightness. In the voice of God, there is light. And in the light that is in the voice, our burdens are lifted. The voice of God brings light, nuru. And the voice of God also removes burdens that are on our shoulders. And we walk light. Take my yoke, for it is easy that yoke comes by him. And from him, who is the word, the voice. You see, the tempter, who distinguished himself as a crafty serpent, Satan, I'm talking about Satan, who came to tempt Eve, was once an angel. He's an angel that rebelled against God and was drawn out of heaven. But by the time he is tempting Adam and Eve, they themselves are in heaven. If you understand heaven to be the spirit dimension, God's immediate presence, and you and I now know we don't have to die to go to heaven, God has already blessed us with every spiritual blessing which is there, and he's making that a reality. One of those blessings in heaven is God's presence. God is not only present with us, he is present in us by the Holy Spirit. And there are many other dimensions in which God is present in our lives already as we speak. So one is drawn from heaven. Another one is still in touch with heaven. God visits him. They have fellowship with God. He is still in the heavenly dimension. So the question is, why would, why would Satan disguise himself? In form of a serpent, one of the very many, we call it snake, one of the many creatures that Adam is in charge of. He had dominion over all that was created. That included the serpent. Why would he disguise himself? Several reasons. One is because when he, was, when he fell, Satan, he also became naked. So if he became naked, man would see there is something so wrong with this creature. But it comes covered in the clothing of the serpent. But how would he succeed to do that? It's because when he fell, his new nature, the Bible is saying, he was crafty. Verse 1. His new nature, the Bible says, was crafty, was cunning. His new nature was that he was subtle, he was crafty, he was cunning. So we saw here last week that when they became, they became naked, when they became naked, that word naked is the means cunning. So Satan fell, became cunning, 
and cunning is naked. And then man is upright, so man is not naked. Man is covered and is clothed. And by tempting man, what Satan was after was to put this nature, the cunning nature in man, because the cunning nature, that itself is nakedness. Cunningness, as we know, has to do with falsehood, avoiding to speak the truth, telling a lie in a way that is very, very hard to tell, that that's a lie. And you know what? That's how he succeeded to lie to Eve. He didn't tell them, God told you you shall never eat of of any fruit, not so. He waited for her to speak and found that she has forgotten something. So he cunningly, instead of telling her, no, no, you have forgotten. That tree in the midst of the garden actually is called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Instead of telling her and helping her, uses that truth and turn around. Brethren, we are living in days of great deception. And those who tell lies are not waiting to be deceived any further. Deception actually targets you. That is in the kingdom of light and truth. But the Bible says the days are coming when there will be a great apostasy or falling from the truth. It's referring to those who are in the truth. Those who are already in, 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 in falsehood are not falling any further in falsehood. They are in it. So the great apostasy. And you know apostasy contradicts the apostolic. The apostolic is that which is genuine and authentic and true. Apostasy is that which has a measure or part of truth but got some lie in it. And then I would like to push us to a place where yes we know truth and we are practicing some truth but there's some truth that we are compromising and we are not willing to practice. If we would do so then we become cunning. When you look at some of the things going on in the church in Kenya, for example, the potassium permanganate and the sodium dichromate, you know, that's cunningness. Now, that reminds me of what Paul told Timothy, the days are coming when many will be deceived and they will be found also deceiving. You are being deceived and you are also deceiving back. Now, the church, the brethren who got the potassium permanganate, sodium dichromate, and sodium bicarbonate, and calcium dioxide charge. They are going to a place where they are being deceived because they are also deceivers. You know, no one who didn't love the Lord can be still in those places. If you didn't love the Lord, especially after the media exposure, you wouldn't be there. But the last time I checked, those churches have become bigger. They now have more members. Did you watch the other guy from Zimbabwe who is using an iPad? You saw that one? You saw it? You never did? Okay. I, I, I like your innocence. Eh? There's a guy who is saying that uh, he, he is prophesying to someone and uh, he's trying to say there's something wrong with your child. What's her name? 
and he's trying, don't tell me your name, don't tell me the name, I'll tell you the name right now. Then he says, why should I struggle getting the name when I can get the name, the child in the spirit? So how to get the child in the spirit is use an iPad. Of course, there was a prearrangement that I will use your iPad. But before I pick the iPad, you'll have gone to his Facebook or somewhere or his pictures, look for where that photo of that child is, okay? And put it somewhere, you just minimize it. So he says, can I use an iPad? Of course, goes for the right iPad, okay? Because it's deception. And then, uh, of course, says, can I catch her in the spirit? Wants to take a picture of the spirit real. You haven't seen that one? By the way, I'm very happy. I'm very happy. Then he is now capturing the photo. Of course, uh, the one who exposed the whole thing now does slow motion. And you can see on slow motion, he highlights where the picture is when you double-click the picture. Because if you're taking a picture, you would click on that thing that you click to take. But he's clicking something here, double-clicking the picture, and the picture comes. And I'm telling you, foolish Zimbabweans, they're on their bellies worshipping Jehovah. And there are thousands. And let me tell you, it's not those who are in the world who are being deceived. You know, wala watu wa ulimwengu kudaganyo wata na muhubiri ni ngumu sana. You know, they are used to lies. In fact, they are wanashidu wa wewe unadaganyo. Si utaganyo vizuri na ni. Wana una wewe. Unajua, sisi hatuju kudaganyo. One time, was it Jewel? I can't remember who it was. Hamekura sukari, hamekura. Kukura, kukura. Alikuwa na jaganya na bluebird, na koko. Sasa, aka sikia maminda na didi yohao, wamekongesha gate. Sasa, kwikile, 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 kupanga, jaguata, jakura kitu, walede whistling. Lakini, you know, hajui kudaganya vizuri. Hamejipaka. Hata guwa, hile milikuwa mebaki, hamejipakuna na hivi. Hajui kudaganya vizuri. See, the sinners wonder, why, if you won't tell a lie, why can't you tell a good one? Tell a clean lie. Because really, that's not our nature. We can never succeed at becoming good liars. We cannot. We cannot. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. We are the ones that can be deceived because we have believed the truth. And each of us must watch for deception. Because like I say. Because like I said, mm-hmm, wonderful. The area where you compromise truth becomes your area of nakedness. That place, you become naked. That place. That's why we need to be covered, brethren. Temptations are all over now. I'm telling you. So you have to be covered so that actually when you are tempted, it does not appeal to you because temptation is common to all. We will all be tempted. He, if Jesus was tempted, I'm telling you, you too will be tempted. And James chapter 1 shows there's nothing wrong with you being tempted. The problem is if you are tempted and you what? You fall. And why would fall is if there is something in you correlating with the tempter. Jesus said that he, the enemy has nothing to claim in him. 
if the enemy would have a claim about something he is seeing in you that looks like his kingdom, then he's going to hang his boots and his dead dog on that small. You remember the story of the man who sold a house but said, I'm only leaving one thing here, a nail. You remember the story? And the man would go and kill something, come and hang it. He said, I'm not hanging in your house. I'm hanging on my nail. We agreed I'm not selling you the nail. Cunningness. There was another man in our place called Wairawakamau. Very cunning. Very cunning. He was poor. Poor. But he had his building being sold in Ruido Town. He couldn't afford the whole building. He looked for another rich man, told him, these three floors, please, you buy the three floors. Let me buy the small one, ground floor, near the earth, atakuna matope, where noisy muzuri is going to tiles. Later on, it's like you know, eh, the story. Later on came and told the man owning the other three floors. Kuja ushikiria floors ako, mina daku hamisha. Yangu, yangu irali hapa leo. Shikiria zako. Cunningness. Alimwambia, the only way then, if you don't want hamisha yangu. I don't know, because mimi nitaena na yangu. Mimi nitaena, mafundu wamezimama hapo inje. The man said, sasa mana itaharibika, hata vathari, kama itaharibika yote. Wewe, nilipe, nilipe pesa kidogo, at least, mana sasa, siwezi shikiria. Cunningness. It's the nature of Satan. He wants you to be cunning. The devil wants you to become a cunning creature. Cunningness means you know what is truth, but you are not practicing the truth, but it is under the guise of, I'm doing what is and I use the same example of money again. I got a question from someone. I'm about to do a serious business. Busy now. The so-called. Busy now. Nimeangukia teda moja ujawai kuona. Ambia, eh? Let me hold no. I can you raise that? You have just talked about fast food. Sasa yo business yangu nikifanya. Are you telling me? Profiti yote, nitapata yote, nileta fast food. Nikamuliza, kwani unataka kuleta gani? And you can tell people have lies in their spirit. And in that area where you are cunning, in the same area you become naked. And the enemy will use that. And it's amazing how somebody would ask about fast food before the business. There was already issues in this person's heart as touching that business. Are we together? Don't be found querying the truth. You'd rather tell God, I am weak. I can't manage this. But help me. Help me. He'll help me. He'll help me. Cunningness. People can tell lies in a way you can't tell. Brethren, the Bible says in the book of John chapter, chapter 8 that you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. And, and I want to tell many of us here, if you are in telling some lies about something, be brave enough and tell the truth. It will pain only once. The truth will be, I have been telling you a lie about this matter. And you feel the pain. But from that moment, say I will be telling the truth and you will never feel the pain anymore. 
as opposed to staying in falsehood because you will prolong the pain and the shame. And that becomes the area of your constant, continuous temptation. Why does Satan tempt us? Why does he tempt us? It is his way of inviting us to his kind of life. That's how he lives. He is cunning. And you know Adam and Eve became cunning already because even if they got this information, fresh information about the importance of taking this tree, this fruit, they should have talked to God. Tell him, by the way, we just got an informer who seems to know more than we do. That actually that tree is not as dangerous as you, 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 you want us to believe. And, 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 and we want to find out from you why it would keep us from the tree. Then they also made sure they are partaking the fruit when God is not near. Because the voice came later. So the wakangalia hivi. Nakaona mungu diya uyo uko. Kitambo wafike haba tumemaliza. But immediately they partook, the voice came. Have you seen how when you sin willingly, guilt comes immediately. And you should be happy that you get convicted because if you don't feel conviction anymore now after sinning, my brother, you are no longer born again. Because the very nature of God does not sin. You know there are people who have been warned by the Holy Ghost long enough until the Bible says their conscience became seared with hot iron. If you reach that place, your conscience dies. But for those who really know God, if you break his commandment, you you're not feeling sorry. Because that's what some people do. They just feel sorry. In fact, some feel sorry because they have been discovered. That's not, where we, that's not the garden. That's not where to live life. Do you know some people will never feel anything bad if they were never discovered that they are living in sin? They only feel bad because they have been discovered. And anyway, God will cause you to be discovered. I was counseling, no, I was ministering to someone sometime. It was actually a prayer line, altar call. And somebody came, was answering the altar call, and we were praying with him. And uh, there was a specific matter I was dealing with. And you know what he told me? He, the one I'm praying for told me, don't worry. He's now telling me, because of the gravity of the matter we were dealing with, he told me, don't worry. It is just a snake bite. Ask him, what do you mean by that? I'll be okay very soon. So I wondered. Who called who for the water call? Who is helping who? Because you're already telling me, don't worry. By the way, it's not a serious thing the way you are trying to say it. And I was shocked. I had never seen that in church. Told me, don't worry. You are trying, you are max you are maximizing this thing. It's, it's just a did he say a, no, he didn't say a snake bite. He said it's a bee bite. Bee bite. And I told him, if it is, then I will not even pray for you. In the same prayer line, somebody got a miracle. Somebody got twins in the same prayer line. In the same service, somebody who was barren got twins, a miracle. And at the same time, somebody went home with his bondage. Brethren, if you have eaten the forbidden fruit, don't sustain the cunning nature. Instead, expose it. 
Fall on your knees and talk to God. Talk to God. Talk to him. Talk to him. Become naked. Remove the leaves. Don't cover up. Some people cover up with becoming extra, religi extra busy in religious circles. They're trying to cover up something. Others become so good to the pastor. Some are missing what they used to do in Catholic church. You would sin and come and pay money. That's when some people are paying their first fruit. Because what is haunting them, you know, they remember they used to, you would, have to, you would pay some money and you would be okay. For God to clothe us, brethren, we have to remove all these leaves we have put on ourselves. All this camouflaging pretense straight away. By the way, we are all together. So no one is going to laugh at you because you, you, let me tell you this. The fact that you admit I'm not even in good shape, for example, to do ministry. My heart is not okay. Nobody is going to laugh at you. And it is safer and better for you. It's better than pretending all is okay when it's not. When it is not. And listen, we are dealing with the voice of God. It's not the church pastoral discipline, pastoral discipline team. It's the voice of God. And the voice of God is available to each of us. And God speaks to you and God speaks in you. At least I've been, been building something in our main service about the hearing ear. I think I'll be doing that. I didn't finish. I'll continue on Sunday. Make sure the voice of God is your shepherd. Be shepherded by that voice. Keep hearing that voice. And let me tell you, friends. All these things that are clouding out the voice of God, weed them out and close them out deliberately. There are certain people you need to talk less to. There are certain places you need to visit less times. Why? Because you want to be clothed from on high. But obviously before God can clothe you, he's got to expose you. That's a very painful thing. It's a very painful thing. God is not exposing you to a man or to a pastor or an elder or anyone. God is exposing you to himself. See, most of us can succeed to hide from people. But it was not about people. You did not sin against people. You sin against God. You need to become vulnerable to God. Let his voice, I told you the voice is light. Let that light shine and expose any dust, any sin, any nature within you that is bringing nakedness. Praise the Lord. Why? We read the verse last, the other Wednesday. The Bible says that if we, so we want to be clothed from on high, if so be it, that when we are clothed, we will not be naked. Brethren, it's not good at all to be in a place where you are naked. Naked means lacking the covering of God. We must walk under his covering. I told you the enemy will attack you in the area you compromise truth and will leave you naked. And of course, you know, the history of man changed from that moment they felt naked. From that moment, naked means cunning. From the moment they were no longer truthful, from that moment, for the next 4,000 years, God was crafting a plan to finally come and clothe man. 4,000 years. To turn that thing around 
4,000 years. It was not until 63 plus 21. How many are those generations? Oh, no, no, no. 42 plus 21, 63. It was not until 63 generations later in Christ that the covering was restored. One of the things I know it's very easy for us who know the Lord and are working with God and in a good church like ours, you can take God's presence and provision for granted. You can think that uh, life is just, it's automatic. You can think that uh, you and your wife or husband are living together because you are better than your big brother who fights his wife every night. Not so. If we would quit the innocence that the word of God has built within our spirits, brethren, remember we are also mortal human beings. And unless we put on immortality, what is common among other mortals can become our case. And your mana unaona wa Christo wanapeana taraka. You can't understand how Christians can divorce. How can people's hearts become that hard? How can hearts become so hard until people say, I don't want to see you near me? How? How can that be? The hardening of heart is because the cunning crafter one has been allowed and has begun to sow seeds. And these seeds will always affect us. Now, I told you that Satan tempts us. It is his way of inviting us to his kind of life and to give up, to, give, to cause us to give up on God's kind of life. Because it's not easy to also walk with God. It's not. It's not. It's a calling. It's a cause for discipline. It is, has a lot of sacrifice. So Satan would want you to give up on walking with God and live his kind of life. Which, like I told you, is also not easy. It has consequences. The consequence of listening to the voice of Satan is you become naked. The consequence of following God is he covers you. He covers you. You know how he succeeded to tempt Eve? He tempted her by getting her to doubt. Listen to this. He tempted her by causing her to doubt the goodness of God caused her to doubt the goodness of God. He does, did so by implying that God is stingy, is too strict, is selfish, and does not want them to share in the knowledge of good and evil. He caused them to doubt the goodness of God. Satan made Eve believe that God did not love them, did not care for them, gave them a low deal. He was strict, stingy, selfish. That's why he kept the knowledge of good and evil to himself. But you might also ask the question, but why did God plant this tree in the garden and then command them not to eat of it? And why did he plant it and make sure it was so good to behold? He should have made it the most dull tree that no one desires. Why should he plant it, makes it so good, desirable to behold, to eat, and yet say shall not eat of the same? Why did God plant that tree in the garden and then command them not to eat of it? It's because God wanted Adam to obey him 
but also gave him the freedom to choose. Without freedom to choose, Adam would have been like a prisoner and his obedience would have been hollow and of no consequence. So he wants, God wanted Adam to obey him, but out of his personal choice. In that, he would find freedom. In fact, it was not just one tree. There was another tree called the tree of life. The two trees provided an exercise in choice. Do you want life or you want knowledge of good and evil? That comes through disobedience. You know, so Satan attacked their freedom because he knew the opposite of freedom is bondage. They are free. Their freedom is in that they choose to do what is right. So if I convince them to choose to do what is wrong, they get into bondage. That's why, brethren, we must now come to maturity where you are not even obeying God because the zone leader is on your case asking you why did you come, did not, did not come to church. Or your spouse keeps checking your mailbox and your SMS and your WhatsApp. We can't play our game on that level. We must come to the place where I have chosen to do what is right. Because this is the way I live the life of freedom. And I know if I chose to live the other life, it's the life of bondage. And the in incentive is there. The incentive is there and it's very, very clear. That when we choose to do what is right and live the way we should, we have a covering from God. We have a covering from God. And that covering, we must understand, is a covering that shields you, listen, that shields you from evil. It's not just about clothes. The covering of God shields us from evil. And let me tell you, friends, there's a lot of evil flying above your head. Some of it you're not even aware about. When we choose to walk with God in obedience, we are saving ourselves from a lot of trouble that we don't even know of. Our covering is in, her, is, is in his voice. Our protection is in his voice. Our provision is in his voice. And because we are in covenant with God, I will tell you this for, for a fact. As long as you are born again and you really love Jesus, particularly those that found in Get Church, if you would partake of the forbidden, forbidden fruit, the Lord will uncover that. You may try to hide it, but the Lord will uncover it with the intention of helping you. I don't sound like I'm harassing you uh, because the government would call that harassment now, that I'm scaring you. I'm, I'm scaring you to heaven. But I'm, I'm, it's the truth. The voice of God will discover you. Because we are committing ourselves to truth as a church. Why then we must walk in truth is because if you would choose to walk a lie, 
then your being in our services and our fellowship will be a punishment. Because every other time, truth is proclaimed, it will bring judgment and death to you. And you can't enjoy that. You can't enjoy that. We can enjoy the truth that we share Christ in our midst because we have made up our minds that we don't want to cover ourselves anymore and hide our imperfections, but rather we want him to cover us. Raise your hand and say, I want to be clothed from above. Say with me, all the leaves I have put on my body will dry up and fall down. My nakedness will be ashamed, will be exposed. So that I can feel ashamed and turn back to God. And turn back to God. My covering. Who covers me in his majesty, in his garment of righteousness, his garment of praise, his garment of salvation, and all the other garments he has made available for me. Take a minute and just thank you for his word tonight. Thank you, Father. It is true, Lord. It's true, we need your covering. It is true we have looked for an alternative covering using leaves, hiding behind bushes. But we choose, Lord, we choose to quit a life of deception, cunningness, the cunning craftiness of Satan, the cunning craftiness of men, the cunning craftiness of our generation. We choose, Lord. We choose. We choose. We choose. Help our unbelief. Help our weakness. Father, in any area where we have compromised truth, we ask for forgiveness. Ask for cleansing. Help us, Lord. We are weak, but you are strong. We have tried to fix the messes in our lives. On our own, we have not succeeded. Surely unless the Lord builds the house They labor in vain Surely unless the Lord would watch over a city Those who watch would watch in vain We return We return back to you We return to the innocence of the garden In our hearts and our minds God we purpose To be truthful We purpose to be truthful we purpose to be we choose to we choose to we choose to we choose Lord keep beaming the light of your word into our lives exposing every darkness exposing every nakedness of our lives oh God and so that we can reach out for the heavenly garment the heavenly clothing that this motto can be swallowed up by immortality because when we became sons of God indeed the nature of God came in except oftentimes the human that we are pulls us down and pulls us back to a life that is subservient to your in original intention we choose tonight we are not giving up we are not turning back we are not compromising we choose we choose we choose we choose to walk with you this year 2016 we choose to know Christ not know good and evil but to know Christ we choose to walk with you we choose to love you we choose to honor you 
we choose. We choose. We choose. I choose to be holy, set apart for you, Lord. I choose to be